Welcome to More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Nerd. Welcome to episode 283, uh, which is interesting when we talk about that number because today I had a memory on Facebook uh, six years ago. Um, well, V just wasted, you know, more points. I mean, <laughs> hi, V. Hey, V. Um, that uh, we were on episode 16 on Saturday six years ago. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, so we've been doing this for at least six years, which I'm like still flabbergasted. It's been six years. I don't know how I keep coming up topics at the last minute, but uh, we just do it. Um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was just, it, it kind of hit me um, seeing that. And I was like, we were talking about Necromunda and showing off some Necromunda models six years ago. And uh, it was just a little, just a little interesting. Um, I doesn't feel like six years, but, uh, that's a pretty big milestone to be doing a podcast for six years. Um, some people stop after three episodes. So <laughs> I guess it's <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to episode 283. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, a little bit of topic about homebrewing for your RPG, but, um, it, it's going to be about providing things for your players and it's, and also a player bringing up things to the GM uh, about things they'd like to see and done, uh, not just rules-wise, but like, hey, I want to play this, but I can't find a rule set. Or, hey, I found this, and I found the rule set, but I think it's broken. Um, can we work something out to get it done? So it's going to be an RPG field, and we have a very robust media section. John's already said he has 10 things to talk about. Nerd has nine, and I have only two. So it's going to be a really big... Um, media section. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about and say we want to thank Midnight Heroes for supplying some awesome uh, chibi games and chibi miniatures, which uh, their Kickstarter is almost done or close to being done right now. So make sure you go check it out and uh, go see their uh, Kickstarter. We want to thank Creature Caster for um, <clears throat> sponsoring us and providing awesome miniatures and the Judgment game. Um, you can also check out their tribe, uh, STL format pretty soon. So you can see that one thing use on minis for hosting the channel and providing us a place to store stuff and get it out to everybody. Want to thank Parallel War Games, the maker of conquest, which you can get 10% off your first order. If you buy using our link, uh, and turbo dork can't forget our awesome people that make not only awesome, uh, metallic and turbo shifting paint. So they also have the cool little uh, silicone dry palettes for everybody, which have been really good. I cleaned mine off last yeah, week. That thing is amazing. I use mine all the time. Even that, that uh, ink I use, that uh, white ink I use, uh, this uh, dollar and rounding ink, you just press it, it's going to come right off. You can yeah. see it right there. It's going to just go away. It's great. Yeah, these things are amazing. Um, so... Uh, I think we have one more gift certificate giveaway, but we may do that uh, like next week. Uh, yeah, next week sounds good. Yeah, that way people could get like what they want for their holiday shopping. Uh, um, they bought stuff for everyone else. Think about something for themselves. Or yeah, sometimes you need to. Sometimes you got to spoil yourself. Yes. Um, do we have any shout-outs that we need to give out this week, John? Yes. Nope. Oh, do we? No, nerd's got one. I've got one. Okay. Uh, Shane McGowan of the Pogues. Oh. Oh, yeah. Shit. I'm not really 
the Pogues aren't really in my oeuvre, but I did hear that, yes. Yeah. Did hear that, that one. That's my one. That's your one. Um, what else? I think that was about it. Oh, we're I mean, to... I can say rip to the uh, Grim Reaper uh, in the... Uh, yeah, yeah. The Claw Machine meme. Yeah. We're not going to worry about that. That's rest about in it. Piss. Uh, rest in peace to the meme. <laughs> <laughs> That's how everyone found out, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. I saw that, I'm like, I had to check this. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Um, let's get down to the super awesome business that everybody comes here for, because it's the only part that everybody likes to listen to, is, John, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a Code Fireball, which is uh, Mountain Dew Code Red and Fireball Whiskey. Nice. You mean... Anytime someone says Code Red or Fireball, you go, oh, you mean cinnamon? <laughs> uh, code Red isn't, isn't no, cinnamon. It's more cherry-ish, but not quite. No, but it's a Fireball, because there's like, man, that smells like Fireball. That's cinnamon, hun. <laughs> I mean, if it's popular, it's popular. Yeah. It's cheap as. <laughs> and it mixes pretty well with certain things. Oh, yeah, it does. So if you're going to drink it straight, for Christ's sakes, pay money and get a better cinnamon whiskey than Fireball. If you're going to drink it straight. You don't need something that sweet straight. I like the uh, Jack uh, Fire is is better. It's, uh, I don't want to say smoother, but it has less sweet punch in the face. So it's it's quite good to drink. Nice. Nerd, what's on your... I got an avocolata smoothie. It's a pina colada with avocado. Pina colada with avocado. That is... Uh, I'm sorry. It's delicious, but I'm <laughs> weird and I like veggies in my smoothies. <laughs> I mean... I only like avocado in small amounts, so... Whew. Um, I am doing the uh, good old drink tonight, which is going to be actually... Sort of liege. Um, I still Ooh. have a bottle left of it. So, uh, it's trying to bait and switch us there. Yep. I do have some water, of course, like I usually do, but, uh, I, mean, I, I decided to bring one. out some good old sort of liege for, uh, sort of liege. uh, maple it's syrup horrible. whiskey. You uh, should be able to get somewhere you live. You should be able to. Technically maple syrup, uh, liqueur. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, whiskey. It's, it's not okay. actually whiskey at that point anymore, but. <laughs> Sorry. You should be able to get a bottle of that where you're at because it's usually right over the the sea. So, yeah, yeah okay. it, it's it's fucking great. Oh yeah, it's There's amazing. No way of saying yeah, it. I it forgot is. what that th that's what it was called, Mizzy. I'm sorry. And yes, what? I have a cat bus. <laughs> you have a cat <laughs> butt. Why do you have a cat butt? I have a cat butt right here. Right here. You have here. a cat butt cat on butt. your. I have a cat butt. Cat bus. <laughs> um, I, I will I'm say though, it's... all caps and. <laughs> If you crave the maple whiskey thing, don't get any other maple whiskeys. Just no. fucking find Sword of Liege. Uh, Crown yeah. Maple is not fucking good. No. At all. No, this no, this is I, super, super good. I got brought Canadian maple whiskey at Disney Con, but was not able to travel home with the entire bottle. So I got I'm sure that shot was of good, it. It was though. delicious. Yeah. It was delicious. Yeah. So... Guys, like I said, as always, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we appreciate everybody that, that you know jumps in and looks at and shares our podcast and talks about it. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, like always, 
If you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. And if you can do something, do something. If you can't, find someone that will, because we all need to start looking out for each other a bit more. Cheers. 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 Damn, that's good. Shit. Sorry. I missed that. <laughs> Doesn't burn too much. Really nice and sweet. Goes down really smooth. Oh, yeah. I must say, if you want burn, you don't, you don't buy that. No. I mean, yeah. it's got, it's got a little bit of a burn. burn. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a burn, but not bad. But so, so sweet and so delicious. Yes, nerd, you should be able to find it where you're at because you're close enough to the, the border. Um, so you should be able to find that, no problem. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've got it that far south, I should be able to find oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. I got this from someone that brought it to me. Oh! <laughs> That's pretty much gotcha. the only way that I can get it is someone has to bring it to me. Aha! Yeah. You'll have to send me store. how to spell that because I, I, I'm not going to try right now. Captain Mizzy, here is your thing. Send Nerd uh, a link yes. to Sword of Liege with the name and where she can get it in uh, the area that she lives. You have been tasked with a mission. You choose to accept this mission. But, so the thing I wanted to talk about is I 3D printed, so uh, we were talking about Archville and games always. There was one of the few uh, STL things I've subscribed to because they do some pretty cool miniatures. And not every month has a lot of awesome stuff, but I was looking at what they were going to have for this month. And I was like, oh shit, I need to have this. And it came out yesterday. And I'm going to kind of show it up. Uh, and there's this bear miniature. And I supersized it because uh, you know me, I like big models and I cannot lie. Because uh, here's actually the you know the proper size, and, it, and it's a cool miniature. I mean, it's a bear dual wielding shields with you know icicles on the shields, and you know can do some really cool. You know, looks really cool. That was a really neat miniature. Um, actually, let me go and switch over to uh, the paint cam and get that. Well, your miniature will look even better. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah, let's see if that'll work now. Glad I forgot to set it up before we were going live. I probably have to switch, yeah. Oh, sorry. I gotta switch which ones it's using. It always cuts. Come on. No. The excitement. Come on. It's not working. It's going to be a pain in the buttocks. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> so, um, but that was the one thing that got me because I was, I was sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, which one, you know, why can't I find, you know, this race? Oh, hold on. Come on. That's the right one. Oh, there we go. I had it behind something. That's the reason why it wasn't showing up. So, um, let me get the big one. That's what she said. And so, here's the model. 
I mean, it's got really good detail in it. I mean, it's got good fur. I mean, they make good models. And my printer, you know, the 12K, so it you know, can get really good detail on everything. Type so it's a 40K. But I was like, man, this would make a really cool D&D character. How do I, you know, turn this into a, a D&D character? Because it would be mm-hmm. dual-wielding shields. Yeah, you can only get, you know, the bonus of one shield. Yeah, no problem. I, I was like, okay. But I was like, man, it would be really, really cool to just have, like, they could be either a druid or could be a, you know, a bear race. Uh, or it was a druid we, that shapeshifted we, into a bear. We, we already talked about that. It has to be a barbarian. It can can be a, a bear, an ursine, you know, a, a bear barbarian. Because I did find a... He's a barbarian. He's a bear barbarian. Barbarian! <laughs> Is it Thundar the, bar, the barbarian? Thundar the barbarian. No. <laughs> that, no, he yep. got turned into like a werewolf once, but never a bear. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this would be really cool. So I started researching and trying to look and trying to find, you know, you know there's no official bear race in any of the little D and D things that I saw. And I was like, well, that's not that big of a deal. I can just, you know, yeah. there was, there was a, a homemade one. Yeah. Ursine. Yeah. Ursine, but it's not an official. And I was yeah, like, it, it, it's not it's that like one of those ideas that's only, only, only barely been looked at. Barely. Sort of like <laughs> mostly. <laughs> I'm only coming at nice. Mostly. 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 Uh, and then there was also this one. This was a, uh, you know, a killer whale type barbarian. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's friendly. He might be a killer. Friendly whale. You're but I thought this was a cool model, by too. the giant axe. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to put, you know, get these kind of, I was probably going to do like a speed paint on the small ones. I actually contacted a friend of mine to paint the big one. Uh, one, because they could probably use the money, and two, I want something painted by them. Um, so, um, I was like, hmm, I need to do that. And I, I got everything. I was like, I haven't made a, you know, character thing in a long time. There has It's been a long time since I went and made a uh, character model or a character race. And I was like, thinking about it, and I was like, man... You've got to be able to do stuff where it's not OP, but not, you know, nerfed, but gives you what you need. And John was like, oh, I have a rant about that. So I didn't say I had a rant. I said I had opinions. <laughs> opinions. So, John, Let's what start is your opinion? With rules are really just guidelines. <laughs> and the more I've been thinking about role playing games, it's the various games that we're looking at playing and are playing. Bar realized balance doesn't actually fucking matter. If you have good players, balance doesn't matter in the fucking slightest. Because you're all just there to have fun. See? The only thing you need is important is having fun. It doesn't matter if one character is more powerful than the other ones. As long as you, you follow some basic rules and it, it just doesn't matter. Now, it can matter if you have bad players. I've played in games where one of the players is more powerful because the game is inherently unbalanced. And uh, <clears throat> and he tried to bully all the players and do what he wanted. I mean, obviously, that game didn't fucking last long because that's bullshit and not how a game should be played. But, you know, if you have 
the average players I think you would find in a game, the average players I've played with in any game, you're going to find that uh, they don't need balance. Just, they don't care. They'll just they'll do the right thing and they'll play and they'll have fun. Though the, the balance thing comes up a lot, and I've seen it a lot with sort of the old school gamers crowd because they're really odd about that. So the first thing they go is that you don't need balance. Just just put that in your mind. If you're just something fun, you bring it to your GM and let them worry about that. You ain't got to worry about being balanced at all. You know. Because balance and fun are, are two completely separate things. You can be unbalanced and still have fun. Yeah, you can. I mean, <clears throat> you can be fully balanced and not have fun. You could be a giant no. chicken and still have fun. You could. So now my other thoughts is this is the easiest thing and I'm going to I'm going to dog on D&D a little bit not like it's not their fault but the fact that D&D is you're a little out of frame there you go a little bit up sorry be great they're fine I just let you know so people can see more um and it D&D is a very structured game it promotes very structured thinking so players look to see if it's not there, they stop thinking about it. When you play other games, some of them are a lot more generic and you get to used to defining things. For example, when we play champion slash hero system, if you a wizard's fireball is functionally the same as fucking Cyclops firing his optics glass for game rules. There might be some add-ons. The fireball might explode. Cyclops might do something else. But inherently, the basic thing they do, they are a ranged projection of damage. They're the same. In fact, you'll find, in at least in that game, a lot of a lot of characters you think would have different things don't have different things. They're the same. You know? Doesn't matter how you fire your energy blast. It's still just an energy blast, right? Oh yeah, and that sort of promotes you thinking. It becomes you defining the special effects, and that's a very freeing thing. And it helps you when you go back to other games. Once you uh, once you start thinking that way and going back to D and D, you can do a lot more. Like so, let's say um, that gunslinger class you were talking about. We were talking about gunslinger beforehand. Sure, now they've got a gunslinger class that's super cool. Uh, was uh, critical role stuff. Because it's from there. Now, if someone wants to go, I want to use, you know, anything similar to that. I want to use throwing daggers or hand crossbows. You can use the same class. It's just ranged weapons. You don't have to worry about the fucking details of it. Who cares if one's bullets and one's bolts and one is you're just throwing daggers? Technically, it doesn't really matter as long as the functionality works properly, right? Yeah. So that's what you do for something like this, is you find something that has similar enough rules, and you just fucking reskin it. You file the serial numbers off, and you find your fucking half-giant, your your uh, Goliath, your ogre, half-ogre, whatever you have that's big and mean, gives you the stat bonuses you think it should have, and just, you know... The size you think it should be, just the stuff that feels right for that, and then you just fucking file the numbers off. 
maybe if it's like uh i think in some places half giants are like fire resistant you just find cold resistant because i'm a bear i got fucking fur yeah oh yeah 100 the easiest peasiest and it's you know it's it's not difficult and doesn't need to be difficult now some gyms aren't like that and that's fine to a point you know they're not going to be uh see center i don't want to say dnd isn't people who aren't always creative it's just dnd promotes a very structured look at things it's not necessarily a fault of D&D. It's just a function of D&D's rules. That's why, I mean, to be all hoity-toity, a lot of the the more advanced role players like different games. That's not really, it doesn't matter. Fucking who cares? You're having fun, you're having fun. I don't care what game you're playing. Any of the games, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's just that Sometimes you want the rules to do more, and some some people just aren't, you know. Some GMs just have that block. No, the rules say this. Cool. Then the rules say that. You're not going to be playing your bear guy because they're not going to work with you. I was going to bear put on there. It's not really worth it. They're, they're not going to work with you to, uh, to, to make it work, and you'll have to know that. But that also should be part of you knowing the player group you're with. You know? Like, you don't walk into... Local store players you never met before, but you know they're gonna play D and D. You're gonna play D and D with them. Maybe you just talk to them a couple times or something, and bring you know that bear. That's that's not gonna work. You bring something basic, and then as you get to know people more, then you you, you break out the crazy shit. Or maybe your GM comes and like, all right, want you guys to think of your characters. I don't care what crazy shit you come up with. Just contact me. We can work it out. You know, if it's in the world, it'll be fine. A gym should be flexible like that, but not always able. I mean, it's a lot of work being a GM. Adding extra work to yourself isn't always a good idea. So I don't fault a GM who's not willing to do all that extra work necessarily. That's why I generally go for just file the serial numbers off something else that looks close, that's usable, and get close enough. It doesn't matter what they look like. You want to use elf rules, but you want to be dwarf size because you're a nimble dwarf? Sure, I don't care. I really don't. As long as you're happy, it's all good. Nerd, what are your thoughts on it? Specifically, the this class or just homebrewing well, in general? Why not both? Um, a lot of the time, like, I don't know, I homebrew on the fly. Like, if it if the rule of cool stands, have fun with it, whether or not it's D&D official or not. Like, cool. yeah, like, have fun with it. Like, you can easily modify things or, like, as a DM or a player, like, if you've got an idea, talk to your DM or, mm -hmm. like, talk to your players, like, homebrew items or something like that. Or uh, I, in my Rhyme of the Frostmaiden campaign, our DM was doing home uh, homebrewed uh, abilities that we like almost like feats that we gained over time because of whatever our story like stuff that wasn't part of the module and and yeah. things like that and it really made for a cool experience yeah look, look for feats that are similar like oh hey there's a feat yeah. that gives you plus two to this and plus two to this 
can I make a similar one that does plus two to this and plus two to this? They're similar things. Skill for yeah. skill, you know, specific bonus. Pull from previous editions. Pull from other books. Check out things like Cobalt Press or... <laughs> Cobalt Press is amusing as shit sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or what was... Like, I love going on D&D Beyond and checking out the homebrew <clears throat> section. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, like I think it was the ten thousand and one ferret trousers was something that I gave to players um, where they had to the long they had to make it a certain it, it was a it was a time challenge so the longer they wore the trousers the higher the DC was to that and eventually if they made it the full time they were then able to control the ferrets that you could summon with said trousers but or like my favorite uh uh my favorite homebrew item probably was the robe of summon bread which my player turned turned around and made a a a a d20 roll table for what kind of bread he pulled out of his sleeve each time and it was the most used item in our entire campaign yeah it it even something structured like D&D, in fact, if something structured like D&D benefits even more from your imagination and trying to do crazy stuff than any other game. Yeah. Because or, yeah, yeah, you suddenly ahead. you've got that extra stuff. You, you, you've got that, like, that weird idea you have. Yeah, or uh, I, for fun, decided to homebrew and create Batman villains into my campaign for a while. So my party was battling a dryad uh thorn druid that was essentially poison Poison ivy Ivy, or dr ralph penguin and his bane gwins (laughs) i had juiced up dire penguins those don't exist in dnd but they did in my world (laughs) yeah you can get a lot out of a little bit of imagination and and filing serial numbers off like I say it all the time. I ran an entire D and D campaign where that there were no dragons. Yep. My, but I guarantee my... you, my players fought dragon stats. I just said they were something else. They didn't fly. They would jump instead or something like that. Yep. And they had no idea. Yep. I had megafauna, so I was using dragon stats for various megafauna. There you go. Yeah. I didn't. Ha- I was really running easy. Dungeons and Dragons without dungeons or dragons. Yeah. Exactly. And that is ty- entirely possible and totally okay. Yeah, yeah, Order Michael Boy, the 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 uh, fate ship. We use luck shits in a lot of our games, as someone suggested, you know, years ago, and I've used them in a ton of campaigns. Uh, that kind of stuff's great. Just give the players a little more control over it. And people are like, "Well, why do you allow this thing? It's uh, it's unbalanced." I don't, I don't fucking care if it's unbalanced. It's fun. They don't get upset. Sure, you draw a poker chip out, and the different color of the poker chip affects how powerful it is. And there's more of the more of the less powerful ones, and less as the uh, more powerful ones. So you know you go through, and it just it's just fun. They don't super worry about it. If you have, if your players are super focused on that, you may want to talk to that player because they're looking at the wrong thing. And with all due disrespect to all those uh, old school rules guys there is only one way to win D&D and that is to have fucking fun none of the rest yep. of it fucking matters if you're all having fun you have all won that's how you win D&D yep you got a group that keeps wanting to come back and everyone's having fun yep 
and you playing know, more and more and more. And the age-old question, what's better, old-school rules or new-school rules? Fucking neither. Whichever ones your players are having fun with. Hey, yep. what's better, experience point leveling or, you know, um, you know, leveling for completing quests? Doesn't matter. Whichever one fucking your players are having fun with. It really doesn't matter. Most of it doesn't matter. It's like fucking, uh, why is my brain not working? Drew Carey hosted show and not The Price is Right. Whose line is it anyways? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love improv. The categories are made up. The points don't matter. Yeah, they don't matter. Yep. Just go have fun. That's why I tell you balance doesn't matter. You you try one time. If you want to play like a superhero game, find a set that will let someone play. Batman and Superman and all those superheroes, all the Justice League. Grab, grab a classic Justice League one. You realized how fucking unbalanced it is when you have Batman on the same team with fucking The Flash and Wonder Woman and Superman and fucking Martian Manhunter. All of them are way more powerful than him. But you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Yep. As long as you let everyone have their shtick. That's why I talk about shtick preservation. You know, whatever your thing you do is, you're the one who does that thing, not anyone else. But, 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 but. I mean, the Superman does super speed, but the Flash does super speed better. And that's fine. That's how you need to do it. If you're playing a D&D game, <clears throat> your fighter, your plain old bog standard fighter has to be the best at fighting unless of course they want to be a tank in which case they should be the best at tanking your paladin can be pretty good but whatever the fighter's chosen focus is be it fighting or tanking he she better than anyone else in the party and they should understand that you'll find that none of the balance matters at that point because they're all having fun they're doing their thing you know if your tank is the best tank out there when it comes time to be a tank, he's going to be happy because he's like, I am the best at tanking. You guys aren't as good at this. You know, like, ah, you know, you felt it when I was over there doing something else. The Paladin had to tank. He wasn't as good. Like, it, that makes the player feel good that their character is important. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I... Now, don't make the mistake of, of giving away too many items. That is, a, that is a thing that can happen. I was Monty like, Hall's oh, bad, look at all yeah. the homebrew items. You've got to balance your homebrew items in your camp, like in your campaign. You don't want to give somebody too powerful an item at too low of a level. So, like, it can be fun. It can be really cool. Don't let that excitement get get the best of you and give it out too early, or make it a higher like maybe it, the certain attunement requires more or something like that. Or or there's a downside. Sure, give yeah. your level one party. They find, you know, if someone finds a plus five sword, that's a fucking huge deal. At that level, it's it's amazing. But now yeah. suddenly everyone knows that your little not-so-powerful ass has this really good sword. Maybe people are challenging you for it. There becomes other things. Yeah, like I've got a really powerful automaton that wants one of the party members to attune to it. They just hit level two. So it's going to be a while before he is strong enough to attune to it. It has that ability where he's not going to explode his head like everybody else has so far. But then also by being in the campaign, if something comes up and the player's like, oh my God, we're in, we're, we're in this rut. Things have gone poorly. I need to attune to the time of time when I'm not ready because if we don't, we all die. Yep. Embrace that shit. 
Yeah. As a player giving you a great plot point mm-hmm. and knowing what's going to happen, the best points, even I hate to, you know, I don't want to call anyone out, but even what you would call mediocre role players, the guys are there and they do a fine job, but they're never like the, the main focus. And they're the ones who are like that, you know, going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have their thing. Uh, Troy playing in our game, one Shadowrun game, he comes in, he's, he realizes that if he he's like, everyone's going to die. We can't defeat this thing. So he's like, I'm going to hide here. And then as it comes by, I'm going to plop explosives on the fucking uh, uh, supports and I'm going to blow them so that he gets crushed. He knew he was going to die from it. Yep. You, 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 like I said, balance doesn't matter. And even at that point, rolls don't matter. Someone's going yeah. to self-sacrifice. I don't need rolls. Look at a since you can listen to it, the end of uh, Three Gnomes and a Half Giant. Okay. Uh, not Brushhead Dave's character just keeps going. I'm like, you, I tell him there's ramifications. He just keeps channeling his god's power. And eventually, as he they finish off the bad guy, he he dies. He knew it going in. He was going to die. But he needed to, to beat that guy. It's cool stuff. It makes, it makes a great a, story. It makes a really and, good story, when especially when a character's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself because it's something that I would do and something yes. the character would do. And it makes it really good because then you've got not only the character making a cool sacrifice to, you know, whatever it was, but now you've got, you know, you know, revenge plot, or you've got something to talk about later on. Like, remember yeah. when John did this and it was so cool and, you know, he sacrificed himself for the party and, you know, yeah. Yeah. There's just... that, that that's part of that whole whole thing is being ready to fucking throw the real rules out of the out the building. You know, I don't know if the explosives Troy had were technically enough to blow the supports, but you know what? They're explosives. They theoretically can blow. Us. Fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm not gonna make him roll. I made him made some cursory rolls just to see he didn't fuck up. You know, he did not, and then good. You don't even have to do that. You could just go. It just succeeds, but. Sometimes you let them roll. If there's a crit failure, you have to find another way out. But you know, it's all up to you and how you want to do it. I, I, at that point, have no problem just hand-waving the whole thing. You know, guidelines, like I said. The more people realize that the rules are just guidelines, the better it is. Well, and also, it also you could also have it where <laughs> if, you know, someone could, you know, they're, they're making the rolls and they're like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you didn't make enough rolls to leave the explosive area so it's either a you don't let the bomb off or b you sacrifice yourself to save the party to get the bombs off you can do that yeah and something else they they could go well i don't like everybody that much so i'm not gonna blow them up but then you can go no my character would do this because yeah blah blah there's there's a lot of potential there i mean a campaign can go in a in unusual way though if they do that like he lets most of the party die and now, you know, the remaining party, maybe one or two people is like a little bit wary of him or what have you. There's some potential for good role playing there. Oh, people yeah. get so focused on the role, R-O-L-L part, that they forget about the role part, R-O-L-E. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine. Dice need to be there so it's not just, I mean... To be honest, dice don't really need to be there to a certain extent. But it's more exciting with dice there, so you can definitely sometimes bad things happen, sometimes good things happen. That's Um, one of the things I really like about, like, say, Blades in the Dark, 
is that it's less about the roles. The roles are very intermittent, and it's more about the role play. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to do it. Uh, it goes back to one of the systems that John and I talk about is the, uh, um, what should I call it? The fell up by um, Fantasy Flight. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the Genesis system. Genesis system. Yeah, you could totally fuck up, but it could be something really good in your favor. Just not. Yeah, you can you can fail in a good way and you can succeed in a poor way. Yeah. Or you can be Baneon and you can, you can fail in a bad way. Yeah, I love <laughs> the idea of like a success, a partial success. Or yes. a failure. Degrees of success is so good as a function. More game systems need to use them. Like, yeah. even if the game doesn't have them, I tend to add them in. Hey, sorry, you're the one who rolls shitty dice, Banyan, not me. <laughs> I just hate you, dude. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, digital dice hate some of my players, but oh my god. Oh, digital See? dice hate me. Real dice are usually okay with me. I did something I didn't think was possible in our final session of, or in our final battle for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. I roared, I roared, I rolled four Roar. natural ones in a row. Damn. My record is I rolled three ones in a row on percentile. Yeah. It was, it was not, not bueno. We were lucky that particular game did not have critical failure, but man, it was impressive. I love when the NPC fails so good they join the party. No, that's cool. Like, there's a lot of things in there, and you know, we, we talk from a D&D centric standpoint inherently because that is the most played game out there, and well, should be. They have good marketing. They put out solid material. You know, sure, people are out there complaining about suit and things, but fuck those people. I don't care if they're making it so drow aren't all evil. I have no problem with this. Wait, people are complaining about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Stay off Twitter, please. I don't Twitter ever since Elon Musk turned over or took it over. I was bad before that, but it's. I mean, I really only now. used it for reposting my Instagram posts, so it's not like. Yeah, yeah. So, stay away. There's a lot of asshats out there, and they do a lot of stupid things, and they say a lot of stupid things, and I see them, and I sometimes control comments. Other times, I get into Twitter fights because I'm John, and that's what I do. But um, yeah, I mean, it's out there for we use them as a. As a, as a baseline so everyone knows we're talking about because just what everyone knows D&D &D. but by the same measure like I said it is limited very much so in certain ways and I hardly suggest to everyone out there listening try it on D&D &D game once and I don't mean Pathfinder Yeah, I mean D&D &D and all the D&D &D clones Pathfinder, the Palladium role playing system, they're all D&D &D clones it's just fine, there's nothing wrong with that there's Something comforting when you jump into a game and you've got that familiarity, like, ah, I can play this. I know the rules. But try and get out there for something just completely different. Yeah, like, that's part of why I started playing uh, in a particular group, because uh, they were running what they called Blades or Blades in the Wild. It was the Blades, Blades in the Dark rule set set in a fantasy Feywild setting. 
and they homebrewed like the regions and the classes and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but using the Blades in the Dark rule set and all that kind of stuff. And it was very different, a lot of fun. Like, don't be afraid to try other systems, like John was saying. Like, there's yeah. so many options out there. There's so many. even like you can go completely paperless. We can go super old school and say Amber. I don't know if that one still holds up, but it's that's just one that I know. To be so... candid, I'm not really sure it ever holds up, but I like the concept of it very much. Fair. It's a great idea that challenged the bounds of role-playing games. And like, yeah. like I may not be a big fan, big fan of the whole Vampire the Masquerade and all their games, but they changed role-playing game because they challenged it was no longer almost all D&D and D&D clones yes kids on bikes I have a friend who's running a Digimon uh, kids on bikes campaign any of those even look at like and here's the great thing a lot of the games they're they don't put out new stuff you don't need new stuff most yeah. of those game systems are solid enough that you can just you could use them now you don't need new stuff and the tools are generally there Say you want something different for one session. Look up uh, one-page RPGs like uh, Honey Heist and uh, Clumsy Adorable Anti-Capitalist Penguins. <laughs> like, same, same, same developer. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're like one, two pages. Like, it, yeah. it prints out on a single sheet of paper. It's They're great beer and pretzel kind. Or Cobalt's uh, uh, Ain't My Babies oh, yeah. um, well, is another not. one. Like you, you, you got open minded. People still talk about the 1980s Marvel superheroes game as one of the great superhero games. It actually hasn't been in print. I hate to say this for 30 fucking years, but we still it's it's still a good game. It, it works. Now yep. parts of don't a lot of these games. Not all of them work. We were talking. We were talking quasi related about BattleTech. And classic BattleTech. Mm. And the guy's like, it takes so long. I'm like, remember this game was made in the early fucking 80s. And it hasn't really been revised. All these games are like that. But if you take them, you can take the parts you want, throw out the parts you don't want, and you can make something new. I mean, if you if you listen to the aforementioned uh, uh, Freedoms and Half Channel, we started in the Genesis system didn't necessarily like the way the magic was working in there. And then we swapped to uh, uh, a, a, a port off of Feng Shui 2. Worked fine. Worked even better. Yeah. There's a lot of games out there that you can do it. Now it might require some work on your part as a GM. Maybe yep. you don't want to. Don't blame you. It's a lot of work. Often worth it, but you may not have the time for that. So yeah. check out these other games. Go out there and see which ones do what you want. Read the reviews. Heck, even if you just want a different thing based off of the D20 system for the D&D 3rd Edition system, you can go out there. There's a guy on Twitter was, you know, going like, hey, what was it? Oh, he complained because someone left him a 2 rating on his game and he, like, it lowered his rating. And I'm like, let me look at your game. I paid the the 5 bucks for his game mm-hmm. and looked at it. I'm like, eh, you know, 2 might be a little harsh, but you shouldn't be expecting all 5s, dude. It's a simple port off of D&D. Yeah. Appreciate you doing it. Happy to give you your five bucks. I've got the game. Will I run it? Probably never. But you know what? There are ideas there. I, every game brings more ideas to you. That's the main thing about looking at other games is you steal little bits from other games. Exactly. Or just 
or just uh, uh, pop culture in general, how many TV shows or movies influenced the world that I'm building. Like, my first one was heavily, heavily influenced by uh, Kipo in the Age of the Wonder Beast, uh, Steven Universe, and uh, Adventure Time. Oh. Now I've gone a completely different direction, and I'm doing, like, Lord of the Rings and uh, Wheel of Time. Yeah. Just don't hesitate to steal from fucking everything. Yeah. You're not, I mean, I hate to say it, I hope you are, but 99.9% of the time, you're not critical role. You're not going to put out your own book. You're not going to make all the money. Correct. I hope you do, but it's unlikely. Yeah. And if you do at that point, you can change the stuff so you're no longer stealing. But look at all the successful IPs. So many of the successful IPs steal from other IPs. Yeah. A lot of D&D is stole from, from Tolkien. Let's be honest. Do you know how many pop culture ports or publications have come out of, of like, rule sets for... The, we've got the Avatar Last Airbender rule set for, for 5e. We've got uh, Final Fantasy XIV. We've got My Little Pony. We've got, like, so many different IPs that people have created... Like and, you can, and you can take those and mash them up. Yeah, and when you can do the same thing, well, yeah. So, like, uh, My Little Pony you mentioned uses the same system as GI Joe and Transformers and Power Rangers. Okay. So theoretically, you can just mash them all up. It's the same way you did with uh, Vampire, the the core Vampire and GI Joe and My and... Little Pony. I'm just imagining. <laughs> oh no no no! Friendship is half the battle. Um. <laughs> Brian CP Steel we had on Thank there. Thank you for that, John. I needed that. Well, he he, like he so did that out there. Yeah, he went to a convention did. and did a oh. uh, GI Joe Power Rangers My Little Pony game all at the same time. So I want to tell you, nerd, I want to play that. That there's a Transformers My Little Pony comic official. Yes. Yes. So there, it's out there and. There's fun stuff like okay. that. And it, and it teaches you that you can combine these things. It doesn't, they just, you know, like I said, the whole vampire, werewolf, uh, mage and all that all used very similar rules. So you could put them all together. In fact, when we played one, we had a mummy, a mage, a vampire and a street fighter because they made street fighter, the role playing game. And it was very much similar rules. All in the same party. Oh, yeah. Hmm. All right. I'll be right back, you guys. All right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, that's the one thing that I've, you know, <clears throat> I try to tell people, like, you can make whatever you want. Yes. We can figure it out and hash it out. Maybe. So we, we can figure it out if it's going to be that much, you know, if it's going to be things. Uh, and, you know, you, you talk with your GM. You talk with your players. GM's the, you know, overall type thing on it, but you talk to them and you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. You figure it out. Well, because you're not doing this to be, for the most part, you're not doing this to because you want to be the uber power. Or you just want to play something cool and different and fun. Yeah, you just want to play something. I, I have this idea. I saw a picture, found the model. I need to be this. And All right, it's exactly it what I did with that bear model. I was like, this model is cool as shit. Never going to use it in a campaign, most likely. But this looks like it would be a cool type of character to play that, you know, you, you know, are a giant bear that 
beat people up with yeah. giant shields. <laughs> my, my ex-wife would, would find either like a Ralparth or not a, Ralparth, a, uh, a Reaper mini or see a picture or just have an idea in her head and be like, I need this to be my next character for whatever game. Cool. We made it work. Yeah. And as a GM, be, be ready to look at other things. Um, because they're out there. You can, you can make them for whatever. I made a whole, and I've said this a couple times, I've made a whole, uh, Robotech new generation rule set or, or stats and all for hero system. Well, I was bored. That's it. You know, there's, there's plenty of things out there. People can help you. If you're looking for the game, reach out to your RPG buddies, reach out to your local game store, see what they have, see if something you like, and then find someone who's good at that. Find the Discord, find the group for those people. Those people have what I call system mastery. And once you have system mastery, you can do almost anything with a system because you know the ins and outs of that. And as soon as you know the ins and outs of a system, you can do all sorts of crazy shit with it. Exactly. Look, it, if you have Matt Mercer, you hand him anything, he'll make it work in D and D because he knows all the fucking rules. Yeah, look at all the look at all the video game one shots that they've done. Yeah, they just did one recently of Persona Five. And when you know how how the system works, you know the system in and out. You can do that because you're not sitting there spending time looking up the rules. That's why all of us go back to the same game again and again so many times, because we know the rules. They're comfortable. We know we can do things with them. Yup. So. Nice. Just be fluid. Be like water. <laughs> be like a goldfish. <laughs> no, I, I forget how they are. No, and that's the thing is, I think... I could never, I say never, but I, I would not like to play with a group that is super rigid and like, these are the rules, this is how it is, no matter what. And I'm like, it, it's just not me. I, I, I'm, there, I'm there to have a good time. Yeah, th that doesn't sound fun. And I'm here to tell you, and, I, and I've seen it a lot on various media, people say like, this is not fun anymore. Stop fucking doing it. Yeah. If you're not even fun. No, like you have no commitment when it's no longer enjoyable. This is a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. When it is no longer fun, you need to stop. Yeah. Maybe you'll come back. Maybe it'll be fun later. Maybe you just need a change. Just stop. Just have fun. Shit. We got too much bullshit to worry about. Too many things that it. it and this goes. This is not just RPGs. This is everything. Uh, everything. Everything. Yeah, I do mean everything. Yeah, if you're it's not having like fun I, with it. Like, a guy on Twitter was like, art's not fun anymore. Stop stop doing art for a while. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you you got to. Unless it's paying your fucking bills, you don't got to. <laughs> and if it's paying your bills, you might have an option. Yeah. But, I mean, you, it's, if you're not having fun or if it's causing a lot of problems with you or you're trying to convince others that this is the way it's supposed to be played, you're probably the problem. Just go do something else. Let everybody else enjoy their fun. Let people have their fun. Yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 I play role-playing games. I run role-playing games. One, I don't mind running. Yeah, I do like to play. But I also like to see my friends have fun, too. And I want them to come back and go, well, that was fun. Can we do this again? I was like, okay. Well, we'll get everybody yeah, together. We'll try it again. That's winning again. But Arathu says, depends on part of, part of it that isn't fun, but the general fun level is worth it. Yeah, that's yeah. a decision you have to make. 
an unremarkable voice says AI ruined my art fun and that's part of my life. That kind of sucks. AI art is a problem. Yeah. But I'd like to say we can trust uh, governments to regulate, but we cannot. Yeah. So I'm going to go and switch this over to um, our media section because, like I said, we have about 75 things to talk about. And John is definitely got like 90% of them. So I mean, if you count each trailer separately, I have seven things to talk about. So the one thing that I, I'm going to go and start us off. Um, so I binge watched um, and it wasn't just me. It was, you know, family stuff. I binge watched the fall of house uh, house usher, which is based Ooh. on the Edgar Allan poem. Um, of course it is taken with Liberty. It's done in modern day, you know, modern characters, mm-hmm. but it keeps the same, you know, story arc, you know, the House of Usher made a deal, and now he's got to, you know, cough up and do their part. Um, and this actually hit pretty hard and home to me in a bit because, you know, they were talking about people being addicted to painkillers, a.k.a., you know, the epidemic we have right now. Um, and then uh, uber-rich families never having to answer to, you know, breaking of the laws, so on and so forth. Um, so it, you know, it really hit hard. It really hit, they really hit the modern take on it right on the head. Um, and, uh, it's eight episodes, you know, it's, and that's all it is. So you don't, you know, there's not gonna be a sequel or anything. Um, and it is a supernatural show. It is, can be pretty gory and, and, and bloody and a little spooky at times, but it's more, it's, you know, Edgar Allan goes, Oh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe spooky type stuff where people are going mad and going crazy type stuff. Yeah. This show was pretty fucking good. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, You had to pay attention. You had to watch it. Um, If you did anything, you couldn't, you know, figure it out because there was a lot of things happening in there. The characters are really good. Acting is way, way, you know, up there. It was really, really interesting. Uh, a very dark series, um, but solid. I mean, this is a solid, good show to watch. Um, if you, you know, it, it, and it's also, you're like, yeah, these people are getting, they fucked around, they found out. <laughs> and, you know, these people are bad people, and they're they're getting to find out quite quickly. Um, sets and everything were really good. Uh, special effects was fine. Um, it was pretty spooky. Wasn't you know horror related, but it was spooky more than anything. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched the first like five episodes in one day, and then went and watched the rest of them today. I highly recommend it. You got Netflix. Um, takes a little get started up because you got to you know build the story because they do a you know flashbacks uh, to when you know everything started and then to the modern day. And easy to follow, so the flashbacks aren't hard to follow. Um, but I highly recommend it. Uh, I give this one about half a space herpy um, because it did start off a little slow, but it got in going and I was like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. They fucked around. They found out quite quickly. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. If you got Netflix and you like a good spooky story and you like cool sets and creepy things, uh, Fall of House of Usher, half a space herpy. Cool. Oh. John? Uh, I'm going to talk about the one I watched a week before last, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. Woohoo! 
which is often lamented as the worst of the live-action ones. And I'm here to tell you, after watching the second one, followed by the third one, that's not fucking true at all. <laughs> it is much closer in tone to the first one than the second one, and benefits from it. Uh, there's a lot less going on, a lot less characters. It's a much more concise story. You don't have characters disappear and then reappear later for because the plot suddenly needs them again. Uh, Casey Jones is back. Uh, the whole idea is that April O'Neil is transported back in time. The girls have to go back and find out what's going on and bring her back because they found that she found an item that would travel in time. Um, and uh, I mean, it's fun. They travel back to feudal Japan, late feudal Japan, because the English are there. Some English are there are selling them guns. Um, but it, it's kind of fun story. It's it's still not as good as the first one. Uh, better than the second one by a pretty strong stretch. They get to use their weapons again, which is nice. <laughs> um, they've got uh, Corey Feldman back as the voice of Donatello, which is good. Yes. Elias Cody is back as Casey Jones, and he's also got an alternate role in the past, which is good. Uh, it is the same April who played April in the second movie. She's still not quite as good as the first one, but it is what it is. Um, I enjoy it. Um, I'm going to give it two. Soundtrack's a lot better than the second one. You know, when Ninja Rap is the best song on your album by a long stretch, <laughs> that's a problem. Um, definitely worth a watch. I rewatched it. It is a better rewatch than Turtles 2. If you love Turtles 2 from nostalgia, just don't rewatch it. Keep that love in your heart. This one, though, if you thought it was kind of bad, it's probably because you were a kid and it's a lot more that mix between kid and an adult. And I like it a lot. Just not as much as the first one. Nerd? Uh, so my roommate got me watching a series called Evil. <gasps> Go ahead. Uh, so I guess this is what happens when you put an atheist psycho psychologist, a black Catholic priest, and a uh, Muslim tech guy together and have them work for the ch have them work for the Catholic Church sussing out whether or not something's a psychological problem or a demon. And, yeah. So, the show, like, it grabbed me at first, but then it just gets weird. And weirder. And weirder. And... I'm not sure how I feel about it. The cast is good. The acting's okay, but like, keep going. It's it's just it's trying way too hard to be edgy. Um, oh, that's what, the worst. What uh, have you made it through season one? How far are you, are you in? Halfway to season one. Okay, keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art of Michael I... drops it. <laughs> the priest drops acid. No, mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, well, acid and mushrooms. Yes. So he can talk to God. Yeah. Um, I've watched the entire season. I don't know if they're going to do another season. Um, it does get trippy after a while. And you're like, is this really happening? Is this really, you know, is there really, you know, is, is God real? Is, you know, are there actual demons out here? And they really kind of push the bar on this. Um, keep going. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so recommend... Now I'm giving it like one and a half. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's what it's not. It's not bad. It's just weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's different. It was it, it's unique, and there's some pretty funny parts in there. You're like the jokes they crack and everything, and they're like, "Yeah, this person's fucking with them." And it's so, trying to be fringe. It's trying to be fringe. It, it, it is kind of like a fringe. I, I'll give them that. Um, but it, the characters bounce off each other really well. Yes. The, yes. the, the character, character dynamics are good. The chemistry is good. I especially, um, I'm a fan of Leland because I liked him on Lost. And also, he's a he's a fellow Iowan. So. Um, yeah, keep watching it. If you like Leland now, keep watching. Oh, no, I love hate Leland. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Keep going. I, I, I just kind of want to strangle him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Shake dick. Violently. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do another season, but I don't think I don't think so. It's it's been out for a while, but uh, I enjoyed Writer's it. Strike, we don't know. Yeah. Well, it's actually uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's not I don't a lot know. longer Listen, than that. I have no idea how old the show is. It's new to me. I just I just went. Wait, it's the guy from Luke Cage. What are you watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Mavi, what is he doing in this? We are getting a season four. It's going to be sometime this year. They haven't said when, but we are getting a season four. Cool. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, I mean, next year, right? Because this is—it's not coming this year. Well, I can tell you. yeah, twenty twenty-four. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's still twenty-three in case you hadn't keep a track. Yeah. Um. So, um, I was watching HBO Max and Doom Patrol. The final season was on. And I uh, held off on it because I was just going to binge watch it and everything because, you know, there was like five or six episodes and such. And uh, this is a spoiler-free review. Um, and If you know Doom Patrol, it's outrageous. There's weird shit. You, you're like, you just got to go, you just got to roll with it. That's on point with the comic, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it, it's not a problem. Um, so I'm watching this and I, I, and I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to wrap up some stories. They're wrapping up stories and they fucking end it and they, they don't end it where it's like, oh, we might come back. No, they fucking end it. And it, and they said this was going to be the final season. So they knew what they were going to be ending it and they ended it hardcore. They did not give a shit about anything. They were like, this is the end. This is the story we told. Get over it. And I was bawling like a baby at the very last end because I was like, holy shit. They did such a good job on the end of it. I was like, thank you for a good ending. Some of it was sad. Some of it wasn't. But it was very emotional and very good. And I thoroughly enjoyed the final episode because they they were like, yeah, we're ending the series. The series is over. And we're writing this story. I'm not going to talk about it until I know at least one person I know is waiting. Um, and it, it, it was the, the last episode was perfect. Uh, the last episode gets a zero for a series. One and a half to two, because there are some like slow points and some weird stuff. You're just like, uh, type thing. But overall I'd give it like one and a half to two space herpes. But the final episode was just chef kiss type thing. Very good, very emotional, very heartfelt. You can tell that they were they they enjoyed what they did. They had a great time. They, yeah, Z- Xander's right. Doom Patrol don't give a fuck, <laughs> and that's what it was. And 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 the ending episode, they didn't give a fuck about how you wanted it to end. They were going to end it the way it was supposed to end, and it ended just perfect. 
So, um, highly recommend it if you like weird quirkies. I mean, hell, they had a non-binary talking street. <laughs> I oh god, what's the street's name? I can't remember, but it was just there's just that weird shit that you expect from a Doom Patrol movie or TV hmm. show. And I so. thought streets should only go two ways. <laughs> John, you're up. Oh, <laughs> uh, so this week I watched TMNT, which is the animated Teenage Mutant Turtles movie. Okay. I remember seeing that. I had never seen it when it first came out, so this was my first Damn viewing it. of it. Um, It's fine. It actually feels like it was a season's worth of a cartoon that they truncated to fit in a 90-minute movie. So no points is bad, but it doesn't really feel turtles because sure they're involved, but the foot's barely involved. Um, it's a whole different thing. It 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 is either someone made a season of a cartoon and truncated it into a movie, or someone made a movie that wasn't going to be turtles and they sort of forced the turtles into it. I'm not sure which one. Um, it was enjoyable. Action scenes are decent. Some of the stuff's a little weird, and their messages or, you know, character growth points are also a little fucking weird. They're obviously made more for kids, but not as bad as the uh, second live-action movie. They use their weapons. It's not super kidified there, but it is reasonably kid-friendly. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays one of the... Uh, antagonist voices is great um like that um the voice acting in general was pretty good but then they also had um my boy mako rest in peace mako as the voice of splinter and that is always great mako is amazing he does that he's got the perfect voice for that kind of thing that wise master um overall i enjoyed it it wasn't great i'd watch it again but not for a bit uh, went pretty quick. A little, some continuity. It has a host of problems. None of them are, are game-breaking necessarily. But it's still not as good as the first movie. I would put it about on par with Turtles 3. About two space herpes. So worth watching, but don't go out of your way. Luckily, all of these movies so far are only about 90 minutes long, and none of them really overstay their welcome, which is good. <laughs> you know, you may not think an extra half an hour makes much of a difference, but it really does. Oh, yeah. Um, this one, Carla could have used an extra half an hour to tell a more complete story, but it was fine. If anything, I felt like they may have padded a little bit into it to make it equal 90 minutes so they could theatrically release it easily. It's hard to get under 90 minutes release, but again, two space herpes worth watching. Now we will go on to one I've seen before next this week, uh, which is the first of, they call them the Michael Bay turtles, even though he's only a producer, he didn't actually fucking direct it. But I've seen this one. I'm interested to see how I feel the second time watching it. Third? Uh, I'm going to rant. Okay. So first, first we're going to start off by me reading the description of this movie according to the director before I explain what the plot is. So it's inspired by A Midsummer Night's Dream. Ugly Duckling and Beauty and the Beast, American Graffiti, and Labyrinth. 
I'm not sure where the Venn diagram of those hits. Exactly. It's <laughs> called an, a, a, a pitifully animated um, uh, wannabe musical written by George Lucas called Strange Magic on Disney+. Plus. They obviously ran out of money because everybody's hair is super short because they couldn't afford to animate it. The music <laughs> is forced so bad. It's all like modern music, but they're like bad mashups and it they like force it, force it into the plot. The plot that is there had potential. And then they ruined it by turning it into a musical. And I am somebody <laughs> who loves musicals. I made it 45 minutes into this movie, like half an hour in, I go, okay, I'm going to force myself to watch the rest of this movie. 45 minutes in, like 15 minutes later, I'm like, no, I can't, I need a palate cleanser. Give me Muppet Treasure Island. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, yeah, they spent, George Lucas spent five years picking the music for this movie too. And it's just bad. It's so bad. I I give it four. Like us. Like is it do is four the max or is five our max? Five. Five. I'm gonna. It's as it's. I'm gonna give it four and a half. It's almost as bad as Cats, but not as bad as Cats. But it's Funny. still really bad. Both are musicals. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. The point is, don't fuck up a musical. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Um, something I wanted to bring up, and it comes back. Um, so I was flipping around on Netflix, just trying to find something to watch because I was just like, I need something in the background while I put together miniatures. And I noticed that Netflix has all the DC movies now. Netflix has, you know, whatever they do, purchase, rent, whatever they do, has all the DC movies that are on, besides Blue Beetle, uh, on Netflix now. All the Batmans, even the newest one, you know, Supermans, all of them. And Suicide Squad. So I was like, somebody just went over to Max and like, we want all the DCs and port them over (laughs) to Netflix. Um, So maybe they're trying to get, you know, a little extra more money out of it. Money is money. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting because it's like they all appeared this week. Wait, so. did you watch Batman and Robin? No, I did not. Oh. I was like, I'm going to put something on that I, I I can hear it, but don't care about it, and you know, look up during certain scenes. And is the newest Suicide Squad. Um, so with use you know the Michael Bay Suicide Squad or Tim Gunn, I should say, or James Gunn, not Tim. James Gunn. Gunn. Yes, <laughs> I actually just rewatched that one not that long ago. Um, and so it's like, I'm going to put this on and I'm, I'm watching it and doing stuff and playing around with things and putting together miniatures. And I look up, okay. Yeah. Okay. Harley. Cool scene. Done. Yeah. Okay. Done. And I just didn't get through it all because I was like, eh, I just didn't care too much about it. Um, it's not a bad show. There was anything wrong with it. I just didn't think it had enough replay value for me i don't think it's a clip movie yeah as much as i hate there's a couple clips you watch in general i think it's actually a movie you have to watch and pay attention to because there is something there yes yeah i i I couldn't uh well that's loud nerd (laughs) 
What is it set to? I'm muted. No, I'm you so aren't sorry. muted. <laughs> that was some loud ice crunching. <laughs> it's me. No, my headset is physically muted. Well, it's not. Uh, it is not. Because we can hear you. Now we can't hear you. Now we can't hear you. Why does it? It's been. No, I think I need a new headset. <laughs> like, I think, no, I actually muted it and it didn't mute. That's the so one thing sorry, I love about the microphone. Out. Is there's a, a red thing. If it's solid, you're going live. And if I hit it and it's flashing, <laughs> I know it's muted so I can see it always. If I look over. Yeah, it was just funny. Yeah, mine doesn't do that. Funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, Suicide Squad. Uh, Everyone's it's called ears. The Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, the Suicide Squad. Um, um, there are some good points in it, definitely. But yeah. It definitely wasn't a turn my brain I, off and just listen. I feel like it's one that you wouldn't rate as highly the second time as the first. Yeah, it, there was just some good things on there. Uh, there were some good character things. Uh, Arathi wants to know, was it good ice? Yes, because my <laughs> teeth hurt and it makes him feel better. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I really can't rate it because I, I didn't really watch it. And I actually turned it off because I really wasn't into it for me doing smooth brain activity. So I turned it off and listened to a book instead uh, type thing. So... Um, I'm not going to rate it, but I still don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah, I just don't. I, I never had a driving need to rewatch it. Yeah, I, and that's kind of how I felt after trying to rewatch it. And I've seen the original, the first one, multiple yep. times, which I will say, if you rewatch it, if you can, watch the director's cut. It is just plain better. Yeah. I'm sorry, the extended edition. It's not even director's cut. They theoretically is a director's cut that he could make, but they won't let him. John let Zack Snyder make his fucking Justice League one, but they won't let him make his. <laughs> dead. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, all right, I'm gonna review uh, the Rockstar album by Dolly Parton. Woohoo! Uh, you guys have already heard the beginning part of mine, which is uh, she's 77 and she sounds 77, and that is a detraction from the CD. Um. Because she can't hit the note she used to hit when she's singing. She sounds old, and most of these songs are not made for an old singer. The example I'd say is towards the end of his career, in fact, one of the last things he did, Johnny Cash did that cover of Hurt. Oh. But the way he sang it, his voice at that age worked for it. These are young people songs, as I hate to say it, and she doesn't always work. But, to her credit, she brings a lot of guests on. They're obviously having a great time doing it. And it's still not bad. 77-year-old Dolly is still the equal of probably a good half the female singers out there. It just sounds that, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of some highlights. Like, there, there's some highlights of it that uh, she has some really good covers. Most of the original stuff's fine. Um, I still wonder what it could have been if she'd done one younger in life earlier in life but um i didn't i don't i'm not upset i bought it by any stretch it's got some replay value um definitely seems like more of a you would just listen to the two discs in a row or one of the discs and the other disc uh, rather than try and slot it too much in a random playlist uh, like none of them made my new songs playlist that i put on my itunes you know they're not quite there but it's fine i mean i'll give it two Two ear herpes, how that works. Two ear herpes <laughs> was not terrible. It was solid. You know, again, 
probably better if you can Spotify it, something like that. But like I said, I didn't feel bad buying it. Nerd? Uh, next, I'm going to combine these two um, into one because I watched one because of the other, uh, which is I started watching Monarch, which... Uh, Gonzo has reviewed, but I went back and rewatched Kong Skull Island this morning, now having watched the first part of Monarch, and man, the stuff I caught the second time around, not only does the CGI, like, the battles that they do in that one, compared to even, like, Kong versus Godzilla, I think are better. I liked uh... I really liked the casting, like John Goodman as William Randa. John Goodman's great. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was also surprised how many Marvel actors are in that movie. I mean, yeah, you got Loki and Captain Marvel in the same one. And then you got the guy who plays Casey in Loki as one of the the soldiers. You get uh, uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Yep. You get um, Brie Larson. John C. Riley, who was in Guardians Johnson. of the Galaxy. Yes, yes. I, John C. Riley is the best part of that movie. Just That movie is way better than it has any right to be. Huh. It may be the best of those movies. I, I mean, I really like Godzilla, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That hits on all cylinders, I think. But this is easily its equal. Yeah. Like, Just I, nice, never... tight story. Yes. Even with the the Samuel Jacksonisms thrown in there, like hold on to your butts, which is a throwback to Jurassic Park. We've got just anytime he swears at it or just stares it down in motherfucker. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. <laughs> but no, I I give it like uh maybe one. Maybe half? one. I'll pop I, I'd need I to need rewatch I'd need to I'd need to rewatch it, but I, I feel like it's a half to one. Yeah, half, like half ends ends perfectly. Yeah, like they don't even some good subversions. Any, they don't linger too long on anything. It doesn't feel like it's dragging. No, it 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 also they they purposely don't develop any of the characters because spoilers, everybody dies. Um, yeah. and some movies I you don't have to. That's that's a. Yeah. It's a a problem with modern cinema, everyone wants, oh, the, the villain has to have an arc, all these villains. No, no, yeah. you don't. But you the, should have like, a story. Entertain Yeah. You. There's a, a, a YouTube channel that I watch called Corridor Crew, and they just did a breakdown of Godzilla now that Godzilla Minus One is coming out and, or is out, and they were doing some breakdowns, and I'm just like, the, 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 the visuals and special effects in Skull Island are just... They're good. So good. Gonzo? I'm going to go and kick off of that and go off of Monarch. The new episode of Monarch right. came in and watched it. This series is damn good. It is a ton of fun. The characters are great. The The monster stuff is good. Everything is solid with this. Um, they they really hit it perfect with the, the, the combination of the monsters, learning who they are, figuring it out. Uh, you know, the hidden secret societies, you know, they're, they're, they just give just the right amount. Um, 
So I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, it's going to get renewed because it's, it's been, you know, on the tops, you know, top one to two to three, depending on the day of the week on Apple Plus. So I'm sure it's going to get renewed uh, for another season. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it type thing. So uh, and talking about renewals because it just coming in my head. Uh, Reacher already got a third season, John. So uh, playing off what you guys talked about. <laughs> I, I'm up to trailers. I'm gonna talk about Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. I just saw I that trailer seen a couple that hours ago. Yet. Oh wait, it did. Oh, yes. that's why I didn't know about it. Um, Kind. It looks wild and crazy, like you would expect from a sequel to Godzilla vs Kong. <laughs> um, the the biggest takeaway is Godzilla is not glowing blue. He's glowing pink, and it's fucking cool. <laughs> it's funny because the guy, uh, you know, I'm a uh, uh, Eldarnus Rex made a, a picture of you know Godzilla versus a battle mech. He's like, I made it pink so it didn't look exactly like Godzilla. And then, God damn it, the trailer comes out. It looks just like Godzilla. I made it pink so it, made it pink so it didn't look exactly it, like Godzilla. It looks interesting. Then, it, the I mean, I'm here for these movies. I'm happy to keep going. I wish in my heart that we got more of the characters from Godzilla King of the Monsters because I liked them a lot. Yeah. I liked the father. I liked the the relationship he was developing with people. I thought that was a good crew. I understand you can't just get them all back. Um, but I glad there doesn't seem to be any of the people from the last movie. I didn't really care about most of them, but you know, Godzilla Skull was cool anyways. I am looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be in the theaters. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Sounds like Godzilla. We're gonna have all the Godzilla. I'm gonna have to watch Godzilla minus one. All right, <laughs> uh, nerd. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Furiosa trailer. Oh, good. That's on my list too. Yep, yep. Uh, I I'm very excited. It looks mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm not sure yet until I see more trailer or not just the teaser until they release another trailer, how I'm going to feel yet about Chris Hemsworth. Cause he, it, he's really going to have to pull out all the stops. If he's going to play the kind of character that they're hinting at. It looks good. And given on his, his range from just watching him in Thor and his other movies, mm-hmm. he's got range. Yeah. He's got comedic oh, he's shots. Got he's got comedic timing and he can also be more. So I, I what I saw leaves me optimistic. He feels a little cartoony right now, and I'm hoping that he's going to be more of that evil crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I do think that, uh, what's her name? Anya Taylor-Joy. Taylor yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Her, her eyes are weird a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's and got I think that doe-eyed intensity, that doe-eyed staring. Like, yeah. Especially when you put the with the makeup on, the darker on her eyes, it really helps her look super intense, slightly creepy, and it's it's cool. Uh, yeah. Some people were complaining, like, I want more Mad Max. We're like, hey, look, it's George Miller. Let him cook. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm here to tell you, like, when, when they put out the trailers for Fury Road, like, from legendary director George Miller, I'm like, whoa, 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 throttle back. And then I watch Fury Road, I'm like, never mind, proceed. You, you can have legendary. Yeah, like, I had only ever seen How do you go from Babe, Pig in the City, to fucking Fury Road? You know what? Go. Yeah. Yeah. It was a George Miller film. Yeah. The what? Yeah. <laughs> and we've been talking a lot about the I Mad Max movies. And that's like, I mean, the four that exist right now, the four Mad Max movies, is a good slate of movies. 
Um, I actually dare say people are going to rage at this. I'm sure. Don't at me. I think the first one is the weakest of the group when you put them together. I would agree now because it's clearly not in the same world. It's clearly this was his idea, and he revised his idea when he went to Road Warrior. Yeah, which I, I mean, I want to say it's the strongest, but fucking Fury Road is almost fucking perfect. So, I have it in color and in black and white. That's when I could see doing in black and white. It, it doesn't feel pretentious to watch it in black and white. Agreed. But. It's such a good movie. Like, there are so many things on it that you can... It's just... It's also, like, the perfect three-act movie. Because you get to the end, like, oh, they find the, the quiet place, and it's like, or whatever, the, the green place, and you're like, that's the end of act two. Mm-hmm. You know? Kara's getting in trouble, they get to... They do what they think they have to do, and then they do what they didn't know they had to do. It's... Looking forward to it. George Miller has proven that he can fucking make a hell of a movie, like... Willing to let him cook. All right. Gonzo. Um, so I was listening to a book, and it is part two of uh, The Imperian War, I think is what its title is. It's part of The Fourth Wing. And it is part two called Iron Flame. And uh, I know someone's starting it, so I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but you can tell that this book was rushed beyond belief. This book was 200 pages too long. There were three sex scenes in it that didn't need to be in there. Three spicy sex scenes that took up way too much time. Boots. There, yeah. The boot scenes are perfect. Yeah, well, this lady is known for <laughs> writing, you know, steamy hot erotica, and it hmm. just did not work. Okay. Too Who's much. The author? Who's the author? Uh, I can't remember her name. Okay. But... This is her try into the fantasy world. Okay. Um, so she mostly wrote, wrote um, romance novels, but this is her take into fantasy. I'm not going to fault a romance novel. Becky Noveler okay, writing thanks, sex scenes in a, in a fantasy. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Captain Missy. It was not good. You can tell 100% that either the A, the studio, or... You know, the book company said, your first book was Gangbusters, write this, and take and write a 400-page story in three months, and so we'll get it printed out. You can tell that she was rushed, because I could have fast-forwarded through half of that book, or more, and got everything out of it that needed to be gotten out of it. I was so... Huh. And, and, you know, I understand that this is not my... I'm not the target audience. <laughs> And stuff, but you know, I, I'm listening to it because a friend of mine's reading the book, and you know, want to do it. And there's bones to this world. There's bones, but every single scene, oh my god, he's so gorgeous! I can't keep my eyes off of him. Oh my god, his lips. Oh my no, god, I'm, his I'm, hair. I'm just gonna call it out. Raising. Uh, no, I'm that's twelve. So are you talking about there being bones to this world? I'm like, is he talking about <laughs> sex scenes again? <laughs> Uh, I mean, there, look at the bones. <laughs> there, there's parts of this world that could be a really good fantasy world, but she goes back and rewrites her fantasy world. Like she contradicts herself at least ten times, not only in this book, but in other the, things that happened in her previous book. And it's not like you're rewriting history stuff. It's like, 
the world is gifted where humans can only talk to dragons and you know dragons will only talk to humans and they're like oh no 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 fuck fuck that that doesn't that's not part of the world anymore she she rewrites her world and screws it up royally um there's a lot of issues with this book and even the people that are like mega huge fans are like yeah this wasn't a good one guys this this is not good this is this is this this was not thought out and so supposedly the next one's not gonna come out till december of next year good because i mean if there's a good fantasy series and people are liking it and they want it i'm all for it i mean i just kind of fast forward through all the you know steamy hot scenes because they're too long and too detailed for my taste but i'm just like yeah this is just there was almost a fourth sex scene in this book and i'm like do we really need that i'm like what do you give it man i give this like three space herpes not very happy about it i was not happy about it um i wish it could have been better but it's already been bought by Amazon, and Amazon is already starting to do the book in a TV show or a movie. I'm not sure yet, but I'm like, no, ooh, not <laughs> too happy. Uh-huh. Well played, Brad. So, anyways, John. So we got two more trailers to get through. I'm going to go with the one that you wouldn't bring up necessarily. Okay. Uh, Halo got second season. Woohoo! I'm hopefully it's going to be awesome. It looks like they're doing the Fall of Reach, which is a classic thing, which is cool because those the Halo fucking fans be like, oh, they're doing something I know. Yes, fucking doing something you know, rather than making new stories and being interesting. And some conversations, and I, we said this when we reviewed it, um, that it was better sci-fi than it was Halo. Yes. And I'm glad it got a second season. I hope it's Halo enough that the Halo fans are in there, but obviously enough people watched it, they got a second season, so I'm hopeful most of the Halo fans online seem to be like, oh, it's the fall of Reach, this will be good. So, even though they're still bitching, uh, Master Chief took off his helmet. Actors want to take off their helmets, they need to show their fucking face. <laughs> they can't all be Carl Urban and be the fucking best ever. Be like, I don't need to show my face because I'm Carl fucking Urban. I'm doing it right. They can't <laughs> all be that. I love Dread so much. I know. It's one of my go-to background movies. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I don't remember when next year. I want to say it was like April next year mm-hmm. but coming out next year uh nerd you got something else real quick nope what's your other trailer uh other trailers fallout okay because i think for... we already reviewed the trailer that i thought of which is rebel moon and uh, we talked about that before. probably did that last week that that yeah. looked fine to me i'm interested i'm interested to see zach snyder's work on his own but fallout now case point i've never played a fallout game I do not have skin in that particular game, but that trailer looked pretty good. Interesting to see how it goes. I will likely watch it. Also, I watched anything with Walton Goggins. You know, Walton Goggins is fucking great. Yes, he is. So, I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. And also had some recommendations. People recommended I play Fallout 3. Just get an idea. Say it's the best Fallout game. I don't know if it is, but maybe I will. Or maybe I'll put more hours into Battletech after I already have a thousand hours in it. Maybe I should play something else. Anyway, but there you go. Don't some, even some ask trailers. me how many hours I have in Animal Crossing. I don't think I want to know if it's if you're laughing like that. Let's put it this way: I was dissociating a lot during quarantine, so I was putting in like 16-hour days. I mean, 
I never thought anything was really going to blow past uh, Star Realms so quickly, but Star Realms only 800 hours. Fucking a thousand plus hours and uh, that is in Battletech is pretty impressive for me. Mm. I think that's a show, Gonzo, unless you have something else you want to throw out. No, it, it, the other ones can wait because they're not that big important, but that is actually our show, guys. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Um, we will give away a $50 gift certificate to Turbo Dork uh, next week. That'll be our last one uh, for the year. We'll probably get some more from them because they love us. But like always, people, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you take care of others. Make sure you look after everybody. Like we always say, if you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. If you can do something, do something. If you can't, find someone that will because we need to look out for each other right now. Remind everyone to fuck around and find out is a universal constant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Nerd. We are going to be sending you off to the painting dad. Uh, he's working on some Warhammer stuff, it looks like. So uh, stick around and uh, say hi to him. Good night. <laughs>